happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman the Side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, through Tad the Side. And Tad, we're getting to those crucial weeks because before you know it, the fantasy playoffs are going to be upon us. I think it's only a matter of, depending on the league that you play in, matter of three more weeks after this week. So you have very little time to sort of make any sort of moves, to climb up in your standings, to gla- grab a playoff spot, and, you know, be glad that you did it. That's, I think, what I was, I was trying about to go say. For. I was glad, yeah. glad, be glad you grabbed it. There we go. Yeah, glad, glad is a shortened version exactly. of that. But, I mean, it's very critical that you're winning every single matchup that you have if you're sort of, like, on that fringe or, like, on the outside looking in. If you're towards the top, you definitely want to secure one of those first-round buys if it's available in your league, once again, depending on the league settings that you play in. So, yeah, I mean, Ted, that's what makes these episodes that much more important for people to listen to because we're giving you the advice to make sure that you're coming away with victories to make sure that you're playing potentially for a fantasy football title. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is I was reading an article a couple days ago that this is the worst performing on the whole NFL offenses have been doing since like the 1970s. Even going back to a couple of years ago, I actually wrote wrote an award-winning column about this back when I was a real sports journalist. Don't shake your head. That's impressive. How many awards have you won writing? None, but yeah, exactly. I really doubt you ever wore a tie during that time. That's why it's just like this. Means I think I nothing. did like I think I did like once to ironically <laughs> present an award, not receive one. But <laughs> points being is uh back then, and by back then I mean like back in like 2015, uh offenses were passing for an average of like four or five yards a throw, and this season it's down to almost three. Which makes sense because we've had 46, you know, quarterbacks play this year, which is an insane 47. Uh, shout out Jake Browning, who's currently playing as we're recording. Um, so I think that's playing a role as well. But the thing is, I don't think this is an anomaly, meaning in two of my leagues this is happening. My main league and then, of course, our LAFB league where everyone is five and four. Everyone yeah. is four and six. It is so close. I just went, we were talking about this on the podcast from last week of like, hopefully dad, Tad doesn't finish in last. I am now a game and a half out of the playoff spot. Yeah. Just because I won pretty, one game against the right opponent. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Just like how neck and neck, you know, most leagues have been, there are obviously a few leagues where it's just like somebody has gotten out to substantial lead. So, I mean, they're definitely in first place. There's a little bit of a fight for second and third, but then the rest is sort of very much up for grabs. But I 100% agree with you, where it's just like, you know, you haven't seen any players be so consistent that it's like you can rely on this guy every single week, which will then make certain teams, you know, just flat out be, you know, at the top of the standings. It's very much like, you know, every single team has that player that every so often they'll have a good week. And so it's just like you never know which way a certain matchup is going to go. And so that's why you have a huge cluster of people that are like, you know, four and five and a huge cluster of people that are like five and six and sort of thing like that. So it's just like, yeah, it's still very much up for grabs. So that's why we say every win is very critical at this point. And that's why it's very important that you listen to our episodes going forward. Because, yeah, we're making sure you are staying on top of everything when it comes to your start decisions, your waiver wire decisions. Hey, maybe the trade deadline has not passed yet. You can maybe make a last minute trade to update your roster, secure a few spots, shore up some holes that you may have. So, yeah, guys, make sure you're listening to our podcast, watching our YouTube YouTube videos and of course 
interacting with us on social media because we got you covered. Even if we don't cover anything on our podcast that we wanted to cover, that you were hoping that we would cover, we definitely got you on our social media handle. So, Tad, let's not put it off any longer. There's one more thing we have to get to before we get to our starts and decisions here at Week 11, and that's making sure we give a shout-out to our great sponsors at Underdog Fantasy. I mean, Tad, this is such a great way to get into the fantasy action, get into some betting action as well. Lots of great things you can do. Um, all you have to do is play their pickup game. All you do is pick two to five different player props. I mean, you could play across the NFL, the NBA, NHL, um, college basketball, college football as well. Really, they cover a whole lot of different sports. All you got to do is pick between two and five different player props. And if you hit on all of your player props, you can get a good chunk of change coming back your way. And... Our good friends at Underdog Fantasy want to make sure that you can double up and really get into some action with some free buddy, Tad. All they got to do is use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and you can double up on your initial deposit of $10 or more, up to $500, courtesy of the our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. Like I said, just got to use that promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, and you can double up on your initial deposit, Tad. So, I mean, hypothetically, if you were to put in $500 of your own money, Underdog Fantasy will match that uh, penny for penny. So you will get $1,000 worth of betting on their platform just by using our promo code. Like, I mean, that is just, like I said, free money that they're giving you to make some bets on their platform. It's very user-friendly. You can either use their website or their app. It's very, you know, user-friendly as well. Really good to easily make some picks and you're ready and set to go within a matter of 10 minutes if you have all your bets uh, in order. But guys, make sure you use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, to take advantage of that offer, Tad, because it's been fun. We've been using it for the last handful of weeks, and yeah, it's a lot of good times, and just, yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. Hold on. So if I were to, say, put in, let's say, $300, they're going to put $300 into? They will absolutely match that up to the $300 that you put in, my friend. Okay, but what if I go as low as $30? Hey, even if you go as low as $30, you'll try to keep it a little bit lower, try to keep on to your buddy there. They will still match that up to $30 as well. Well, I just got paid yesterday, so that's very tempting. (laughs) There you go. Get some money for the holiday season as it's coming up right around here. So, yeah, guys, take advantage of that offer for sure. But, Tad, like I said, we've been using this uh, website and this app and just their platform. It's just it's been a ton of fun. Absolutely. And like I said, especially for your more amateur sports bettors, it's a very easy way to kind of dip your toes in the water. It's you don't need to worry about props over unders uh, player, you know, oh, I I don't know who Chris McCaffrey is. uh, And, you know, people may roll their eyes, especially our listeners and viewers. But trust me, I teach eighth graders. They're like, who's Chris McCaffrey? Yeah. (laughs) I asked last year, I said, you know, because TCU made the college football national championship, the day of the national championship, because for some stupid reason they played on Monday, I said, who's playing the national championship and who are we cheering for? Obviously, the joke answer being TCU. I cannot tell you how many of my students said the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. So many. So, so many. (laughs) So point being is if you're kind of on that level of like you're just not quite sure what's going on, they had the very simple numbers, very simple odds. It's really easy to do. And plus, it's a lot of fun. I never thought I'd be cheering for Tyson Bajant in my life. But that is what Underdog Fantasy has done to me, and I absolutely love it. It has added so much more excitement on top of the excitement of Red Zone. So Sundays are an absolute pleasure now. Thank you to Underdog Fantasy. 
100%. So take advantage of our offer. Thanks to our good friends at Underdog Fantasy. Use our promo code DESAI, D-E-S-A-I, to double up on your initial deposit of up to $500, at least $10, and you'll all, uh, you will get it fully matched by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. So, Ted, let's not put it off any longer. Let's get to our Week 11 start and sits here, Ted. So we're going to start at the quarterback position, and I have a start for us, so I'm actually going to kick things off in today's okay. episode. And I play the Homer card here because I think he's been – I think sort of everything has sort of been Trey Lance getting back to the way that it was before, obviously the three game slide that the Niners had before the bye week. I think he's finally riding the ship here. Alex I think he's Smith. Sort of alleviating the issues here. Um, Brock Purdy. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. No, there we go. Uh, they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend. And Tad, Brock Purdy made his first official start against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season. Um, He racked up 185 passing yards in that game, scored three total touchdowns, two through the air, one rushing touchdown, all of that total to 21 fantasy points. So he had a very good day. Um, Like I talked about, after the bye week, it was a lot of questions about just has Brock Purdy lost the magic? Is he still the same guy? Did Kyle Shannon make the right move by trading away Trey Lance and sticking with Brock Purdy? Um, But yeah, against Jacksonville, they thoroughly dominated in that game. They scored 34 points in that game. He looked very sharp. He nearly threw for 300 passing yards. He got to 296, so he was just a hair shy of that 300-yard mark. He threw three passing touchdowns as well, and just they were in thorough control. Now they get a home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I said, a game that he made his first career start with uh, last season. Tampa Bay, Tad, we thought their defense was going to at least keep them in games. But if it's anything, they're surprisingly their offense is actually keeping them in games because their defense right now, Tad, is allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Correlated to that fact, they're allowing the fourth most passing yards in the NFL as well. So what was once a very elite defense that won them a Super Bowl when they had Tom Brady on their roster is not the same right now. So I think the Niners offense can take advantage of that. And I think I'll be led by Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think that this lends a lot of credibility to that theory I guess is the right word uh, out there that Brock Purdy was kind of suffering from, uh, if not a full on the lasting effects of a concussion the last couple of weeks, because, Mm -hmm. and we kind of talked about this on the podcast last week where, you know, the, the uh, 49ers coming off a bye week, extra prepared, looking good. Um, Their performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars, while that score certainly surprised me, their performance did not. That is exactly what I was expecting from a fired up 49ers team Coming out of a bye week against a, I won't say vulnerable opponent, but definitely uh, opponent open. But yeah, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to say it. Vulnerable opponent. (laughs) They're the Jags. What do I care about their feelings? So I think that while a lot of people were like, I can't believe that was a blowout. I always was wondering when people were saying that was going to be the game of the week. I was like, I don't know. I think the Niners are going to handle this one pretty handily. Lo and behold, that is exactly what happened. So I think that he is a, a top-tier streaming option, though. I don't see him as a starting option moving for a consistent starting option moving forward on rosters going, you know, over the next couple of weeks because he has been even before he got hurt. He was a little inconsistent there. I'm not saying bad. He was consistently around that 15, 18 range. But if you're a consistent starter on my team, I want you to score an 18 plus at least two, three weeks in a row, and he's just not doing that. 
That's fair, and that's why we're only talking about Week 11 right here because they do they do next week play the Seattle Seahawks a divisional game, so we'll see whether he can sort of continue that. But just for what we saw at Jacksonville, I think everything that you said makes a ton of sense. Where we talked about before the bye week, just he had the repercussions of the concussions. Did they need to start him in that last game before the bye week where they played the Cincinnati Bengals? Maybe they should have gone with Sam Darnold. I don't know, but just overall, he's looking completely healthy. He's looking really good. He's making smart decisions, and yeah, against a very weak. Uh, Tampa Bay defense, surprisingly, I think he's really going to light him up. So you you brought up Sam Darnold, and this made me think of this because it was I was uh, they were showing this on Red Zone on Sunday when on that long George Kittle touchdown, yep. they're showing a uh, slow motion thing, and I saw a guy with a headset very similar to mine, lose like really getting excited on the head uh, on the sidelines, and he was wearing the number seventeen. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Brandon Allen is a 49er. Yeah. He's the third. When did that happen? Yeah, that was half that happened in the offseason. He was the third string. What? Yep. Mm -hmm. So did you like get practice squatted during the preseason or like what happened there? No, we signed him if I remember correctly. So yeah, I remember the big talk. Uh, all of the training camp and all of the offseason was that Trey Lance wasn't fighting for the number two spot. It was won by Sam Darnold. It was between uh, Trey Lance and Brandon Allen. So that was the big talk. So yeah. That is yeah. brutal. I almost hope Dak goes down just so we can see Trey Lance with the Cowboys. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon Allen at what college, by the way? Arkansas, I want to say? Damn it! Yes! Damn like, it! Yes. I was debating between Arkansas and Nebraska. I was like, it was one of those Midwest You knew it was one of the red schools. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Tad. So I gave you a start at the quarterback position. I'm assuming you have a sit for us this week here at Wiggle Out. <laughs> oh, my friend. Just like our good partners at Underdog Fantasy, I don't just have one sit for you. I have a special bonus deal. I got a twofer for you, my friend. Okay. All right. I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. I honestly couldn't. I was bouncing between both of them, and I said, screw it. I'll just shorten the notes on both of them. We're talking about both. One is kind of petty. I will openly admit that. So, all right, let's hear this. <laughs> just start, so you want me to start with the petty one or the non-petty one? Eh, go in whatever order you want. All right, let's start with the petty one. It's more fun. Oh, of course. You benched that long-haired, overrated quarterback by the name of Trevor Lawrence. He sucks when it comes to fantasy football. Amir, I will let you guess, given your favorite game, over-under two times this season. Has Trevor Lawrence gone over 20 points? Under, because I had Trevor Lawrence as a sit last week, and I brought up the same exact stat. Fuck. <laughs> All <laughs> right, so you tell the you tell the audience how many times has he gone over 20 points? Uh, zero times. Zip. Zero. <laughs> not a nunca. Yeah. Not like. Not at all has he gone over 20 points. That is crazy. Yeah. For how well everybody else on this Jaguars offense is doing, he is still yet to do it so i think that he is playing a titans defense let's see if he can go two for two here unlike trevor lawrence how many over under two times this titans defense has allowed an opposing quarterback to go for over 20 points i'm gonna say under you son of a bitch you're ruining <laughs> the game <laughs> the core of the game is you get the bit wrong that's the bit Damn yeah it, man. i know i know but you're making it easy with this one yeah, i know yeah fair <laughs> well yeah is that easy though because that stat shocked me while i was doing my research a little bit but the titans defense has been surprisingly They're, strong yeah for real and okay guess what week was the last time they let a quarterback go for over 20 points okay this one you may get me i'm gonna say a week 
four. Week two. Week two. Wow. They've gone eight straight weeks without allowing an opposing quarterback to go over 20 fantasy points. Now I'm cheating a bit there because week, I believe, it was three. The quarterback they faced scored 20, exactly. So it's over, over 20. You see how the semantics. But point being is this is Titans defense, like we were talking about, is surprisingly tough against the pass. Trevor Lawrence not doing so hot. I don't think he's going to be all that good. And here's another surprising stat. He's rostered in about 83% of ESPN leagues. He's not – those aren't starting numbers, to be fair. Starting numbers are much, much lower. But in terms of, you know, with all these teams on bye weeks and everything still, I think that people are like – Hey, he just had a pretty good week. That's a good streamer option. Or like, you know, he's on a pretty good offense because he did not have a good week. Uh, He's on a pretty good, (laughs) he's on a pretty good offense. That's a solid streaming option. Mm, Nope. No, it is not. And then also, you're going to love this one. You ready? Let's hear it. Do not start Geno Smith. Yeah. yeah. Don't do it. (laughs) It's the trap. Because this was, this really felt like a make it or break it game for him going into last week. And, you know, credit where it's due, he made it. He scored 24 fantasy points. He looked like his old self again. I don't know if he's going to do that again. Because he is going up against the Los Angeles Rams. We always say this on the podcast. That's a divisional matchup. Who knows what's going to happen there. On top of that, you go all the way back to week one where he played the Los Angeles Rams. That was his worst fantasy game of the season. He only scored 8.6 points that week. And we were all like, oh, yeah, the Geno Smith thing, that was a bust, bad contract. Now we're all like, I don't know. So he's going up and down. On top of all of this, it's just too unpredictable. There are too many X factors out there. DK Metcalf, is he truly healthy? Tyler Lockett, how's he doing? Because he's now dealing with a nagging injury. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet are now in a battle, apparently, for the top running back spot. There are just way too many unknowns here. I don't trust anything going on with this game. I don't know who's going to win this game when it comes to betting. Fantasy football, whatever. I am staying an absolute 10 yards away from this game, much like both those offenses are probably going to do with the actual end zone on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether Matthew Stafford will be healthy enough to go for the Rams. That's another thing. Otherwise, they'll be going with Carson Wentz, I think. So, I mean, yeah. Carson Wentz is a Ram? They signed him in the offseason. They signed him actually not in the offseason, but they signed him a couple weeks ago right before the bye week because they weren't sure about Matthew Stafford. So, you're messing Very interesting game this week. You are messing with me. Carson Wentz is not a Ram. He is. He is 100% Oh, my dear God. 47 quarterbacks, people. 48 if Carson Wentz starts. Yeah, so I wouldn't trust either quarterback in that game either. Just I'm not sure which direction it's going to go. So, yeah, good sit, good sit with Geno Smith. And, yeah, I sat Trevor Lawrence for the same exact reasons that you listed out last week. So, yeah, it makes sense that you would sit him this week. So let's get to the running backs here, Tad. I've got a start at the running back position, so I'm going to kick this one off as well. Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so I know you sort of laid it out with the Rams and the Seahawks. That's a divisional game. You're not sure which way it's going to go. But here's the thing. You brought up the fact that Gino Smith, last time they played the Los Angeles Rams, way back in week one, he didn't have his best performance. Well, it's the exact opposite for Jerome Ford because when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers back in week two, 
This was his breakout game, and this is why everybody clamored to the waiver wire to pick this guy up because he had that really week two? a sensational game. I mean, he racked up 131 scrimmage yards. He scored a touchdown. He also scored a two-point conversion. So everybody was like, this is a guy that we need to add to our roster. Unfortunately, Tad, that is also the same game where Nick Chubb had his season-ending injury. So that was when we confirmed that he's no longer going to be playing for the rest of the season. Was that week two? Are you sure you got that week right? No, I 100% accurate. That was week two? Jesus Back in week two. Yep. I traded Nick Chubb way earlier than I should have. Yeah, you did. Um... So, yeah, unfortunately, he was out for the rest of the season, so that's why a lot of people are climbing for Jerome Ford. But still, he looked really good against that defense. Pittsburgh is giving up the 10th most rushing yard to the NFL currently and are surrendering 19.2 fantasy points to opposing running backs. So, I mean, they're literally letting any running back do whatever they want on the field against this defense. Um, the only thing that could be a factor, but honestly, for me, it's not a significant factor, is that at that time, the backup running back, when Jerome Ford had his breakout game, when Nick Chubb Lott was out for the rest of the uh, season with that injury, they had Pierre Strong as his backup. But now they have Kareem Hunt, who has been a bit of a touchdown vulture for the Browns here. He has scored a touchdown in the last five games. It's six touchdowns in this last five games span. So he will be a touchdown vulture, but... He's not racking up the yardage. Like, I mean, he's getting carries, but he's not getting a lot of usage outside of the red zone and outside of the goal line sort of situation. So Jerome Ford is going to rack up a lot of those yards leading up to the end zone. I bet you that he will find a way to score a touchdown from like, you know, the 25 or something like that. But if they get to the red zone, that's where you lose the value with Jerome Ford. But regardless, if you're playing at a PPR league, they use him in the passing game quite a bit too. So I think he could rack up a still a good amount of points for you, even if he doesn't find the end zone. But I think he'll find the end zone at least once. But Jerome Ford against the Steelers, lock that one up. So you stole my point, so I'm going to try to get you. Because you are 100% correct, is where uh, uh, Jerome Ford, yes, he is losing those touchdowns to Kareem Hunt, which is hugely frustrating when it comes to fantasy. But, Amir, over under two and a half games that, yeah, I'm going halves now because they're beating me here. Two and a half games that Kareem Hunt has had over 60 yards so far this season. Under. Rushing, rushing. Under. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> well, you can't. I had one thing. I had one thing. I had one thing. I had one bit, and you're ruining the bit. I don't know. Like I said, you're reaching into my wheelhouse you're because I worst. did research on the Browns and Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. So I had these notes ready to go. <laughs> you better. I'm, I'm gonna pull a social network here. How about this for a new movie quote? You better lawyer up, asshole. Like I'm coming after you. My God. Yeah. For our viewers and listeners, by the way, it's zero. He has yep. never gone zero. over 60 yards at all this season yet. Like you said, what, six straight games now? It's, uh, five straight games, six total touchdowns in that five there we games. Go. Okay, so yeah, five straight games. Uh, but and kind of exactly like what you said, Jerome Ford is still producing fantasy-wise despite having all these touchdowns vultured. So imagine that game where he scores that touchdown. He's going to go off for like 20 points. And that's going to be the start where you're like, how'd you know how to start him? Because he listened to us. And that, no, I think that Jerome Ford is an absolute, I've been trying to trade for him all season, but that mother effer will not let him go, which is good call by him, but yeah. also very frustrating on my part. So no, I love Jerome Ford as a start. Very, very good call. You know who I don't love? Let's hear it. This is tough because he's on my team and it hurts because I feel like he's going to make me pay for these words. 
but I just something in my bones is telling me his time has come. It's like Jon Snow in uh, Game of Thrones. Like my 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 watch has ended. Raheem Mostert is an Ooh. absolute bench. Interesting, in my bench. opinion. Okay, let's hear this one. Let's I can't it. do it. I can't do it anymore. You look back at that game he had against the Chiefs. Take it from me. I, very few things. Very few things can cause me to wake up before 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Fantasy football is one of them. And what did what was my reward? Was watching him struggle against the Chiefs for two and a half quarters until he had that what I will call a lucky touchdown, just because the Chiefs very clearly blew some type of coverage there. And that one touchdown, I guess, quote unquote, salvaged his fantasy performance because he ended up with 13 points. 13 is not what I'm looking for in a running back one or even a running back two. Like running back two, 13 is like kind of on the lower end of the spectrum. That was when it was just him. And you're going to need to help me out here. This is my new Pollard. Devin Achain? No, apparently they're calling him Devon Achan. Oh, now. for fuck's sake. I even yeah. got the first name wrong. Yeah, Devon Achan. I believe that's how you pronounce it now. H-Han? But yeah, the longest okay, side is Devin Achain. That is Devin Achan. Now Devon it's Devon Achan. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to know. know that after. I don't yeah, know. I can't fault you on that Clearly, one. I don't know. I feel like they're pre- they're pre- pronouncing his name differently like every single week. So yeah, I, that's, what it, I, that's what I think it is right now. <laughs> that A&M pain in the ass there is coming go. back. He is, but, and, and here's the thing. No one knows. Again, we're kind of going back to that unpredictability is they could be splitting the carries. They may want to ease A-chan. A-chan, there you go. Okay, there we go. They may want to ease A-chan back into the lineup so Mostert gets the majority of the carries, or they're just like, A-chan's good to go. Here's all the carries, and then Mostert's out right there. Don't forget, by the way, Jeff Wilson is also still completely healthy now. This is a fully loaded, fully healthy Miami backfield for the first time, really all season. Again, with the unpredictability, especially given the way Mike McDaniel tends to run this offense, I just don't know what's going to happen. Yes, this Raiders defense has been pretty suspect going against you know, uh, yeah, the run all season, but they are a hot team. You called this. Props to you. Antonio Pierce has unlocked some type of fire within this team. So uh, a good, hot opponent. Who's on like you know riding a streak against a very unsure, a lot of unpredictable backfield? I I can't st- start Mostert. I am starting Javante Williams over Mostert this week. Let's go, Javante. I like to hear that one. But I'm so glad I got him back. I think Raheem is. It's a risky sit. Like I agree with everything. It's a, that he's a risky. Like out. I said, I don't feel good about it, but it's just like I can't. I can't with Javante going against like it's ah, it's tough. It's just it's it's very hard, but I just I can't do it. Because That's he's fair. he's either gonna get fifteen points or he's gonna get five. I can see that happening, but I think the biggest thing is they're coming off the bye week and just take it from you know watching Raheem Mostert for the 49ers too. It's just like the biggest thing with him was just always health. And so far this season, like, you know, knock on wood for Dolphins fans, but he's been able to stay healthy. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. When he's healthy, he is definitely a premier running back in this league, surprisingly. And so far in Miami, he's been able to stay healthy. Now, yes, the addition of uh, Devon Achan into the mix now, that is definitely going to play a factor too. But, I mean, we've seen both these running backs find success in this offense together, and they're both racking up a good amount of points. Jeff Wilson Jr. unfortunately just becomes the odd man out because of the emergence of HN. So 
while Mostert, like I can understand that being a risky play, especially with the hot Raiders defense that you just mentioned, that they're sort of finding a way to sort of, you know, stop teams and really just ride this, you know, post McDaniels firing hype sort of thing. Like, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's working and it's clearly working in their favor right now. So you could see some restriction here, but I've also could see it where exactly like I said, it could be a very, you know, it's a very black and white situation where it's like, he could absolutely go off for you. Like he usually does, or he could be an absolute dud. So for me, it's a little bit of a riskier sit. In my opinion, I would start him, but I don't fault you for calling him a sit. I'm I'm just I can't trust again with the unpredictability. I think there are just way sure. better options out there that you can find. For example, I was shocked. I was fourth on the waiver wire this week, and I got Ty Chandler, and I was okay. very very happy with that pickup. I almost started Ty Chandler over uh, Javante Williams, but you know you just got to ride the hot hand with Javante Williams. And I think at this point in the fantasy season, ride the hot hand, ride it. And right now. I, I just feel like um, – uh, I almost said Jeff Wilson. I feel like Raheem Mostert is just holding on by a thread. Like his, It just feels like the last couple of weeks, as someone who traded for him a couple of weeks ago, his fantasy value has just been hanging by a thread. And I just, I'm ready for that thread to get cut at this point, especially with HN coming back. No, makes complete sense. Make complete sense. So let's move on to the wider receiver position here. Ted, do you have a start or do you have a sit for me here in week 11? Here's why the Jags offense is so weird. Because I just railed against this quarterback, justifiably so. I will say yes, yes. I will, I will stand by that. Hear that one. But despite getting blown out, this guy still had a pretty good game. Again, everybody else on this Jags offense does pretty well, except for the quarterback. I'm saying, I wouldn't say despite a poor performance, but despite a little bit of a disappointing performance, you should still put Christian Kirk in that starting lineup. And now, it was funny because when I was making these notes, I was thinking, I was like, he's going to yell at me and be like, of course Christian Kirk's the start. Are you ready for this stat? Let's hear it. He's only starting in 53% of ESPN leagues. I think it's because a lot of people are still trying to get over the fact that Calvin Ridley has been playing so poorly in this Jaguars offense Mm. outside of his week one blow up that a lot of people, including myself, like, I mean, we uh, famously went on the LA Pod Financial podcast with our good friends, Chauncey and Daddy. Famously, keep going. Hey, of course, man. So <laughs> um, I said that Calvin Ridley was going to outscore Christian Kirk and Thaddeus was very much, you know, on board with no, it's going to be the other way around because just there was so much hype around Ridley and everything that we saw in preseason. Obviously, he had that sensational week one. It was just like, all right, this is just the start. It just for some reason is just not continued since then. Like, I think he's had maybe one or two weeks since then. But overall, I think been- offensives has learned to start focusing, like kind of putting the deep safety on him. I was just like, I like almost literally capping his production. I was just yeah. like, you, we're not going to like, fo- like put three guys on Kirk and then like let like one high safety off Ridley. I think they're kind of just going back to. You know, traditional defensive schemes I mean, like, okay, they got their deep threat. We'll put one or two guys on him. It doesn't need to be two safeties. It doesn't need to be a corner and a safety. It'll be a, our fastest linebacker with the safety. And yeah, it's proven enough to not shut Ridley down, but definitely limit his production. I, I honestly would say shut him down because there's a lot mm-hmm. of times in that game against San Francisco, he didn't have a catch until the third quarter. So yep. I mean, I don't think there's something to say there. We're just like they're not even finding a way to sort That's of San Francisco though. Either. You guys are a bunch of geniuses over there. That's true, but still, it's like that's not just the one game where San Francisco has a good defense. Like he's done that against other teams as well. Where it's just like for some reason he goes so long in the game without having a reception, it just like not playing well. So because some people are still have that delusional effect that's like Calvin really will find a way to sort of break out and be that guy that he was a week one. 
That's why his starting numbers may be a little bit higher than Christian Kirk, who, like you said, because he's not getting the same attention that Calvin Ridley is, he's able to perform, and he racked up 100 yards against San Francisco, a bond to defense that you just talked about right now. Well, and that's my thing is that's what surprised take it from me because Christian Kirk is all my roster, and that's what surprised me is like I saw that score. I was at brunch with some friends uh, during that game, and I kind of looked at the score. I'm like, well, all right, Christian Kirk, let's let's like, give me give me five, give me five, just give me five. And I got home and I looked at the score. I'm like, oh, shit, you got me 10? And then he made a couple more catches. I'm like, okay, buddy, I like it. Because when your team gets blown or your player's team gets blown out by 30-plus points, you don't anticipate a lot of fantasy value. But he had a lot of fantasy value. And who fumbled that damn ball? Was it him? I think it was him, actually. It was him, yeah. No, it was yeah. him. If he didn't fumble that damn ball, he would have gotten me more. <laughs> That's that true. Was, that was ridiculous. I was yep, so they upset. They were in the red zone. Yeah, he fumbled it right there when they were close to scoring. I saw that you. live. I, I I, can't say it on air. Even though I – yes. But anyway, <laughs> point being is, like, if you have a guy who can produce even in a blowout, I like him a lot. And then you look at who the Jags are playing. They're going against the Titans. And the Titans are the 26th ranked defense against the pass this year. So I think that he, and plus, you got to remember, this is going to be one pissed off Jags team. So I think the Titans, get ready, because I think you are going to face a very, very angry, very, very talented Jags offense. And I think Christian Kirk is going to be the biggest benefactor. If I'm an Etienne manager, if I'm a Kirk manager, again, it's weird because, like, I think Kirk's going to go off. I don't think Lawrence is going to go off, though. It's very odd. Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, um, we're going to revisit this game because, yeah, surprisingly, I didn't realize we were going to have so many picks in this game, but we'll come to that game back a little bit later. I can't help myself. Uh, but I'm going to go with the sit at the wide receiver position tab because you have a start. And this is the guy that just a lot of people are very frustrated with. It seems like one week he's good. The next week he's bad. Then the next week he's good. Then the next two weeks he's bad. I think this is going to be a down week for him. And I'm pretty sure. But me saying this, maybe he's going to have an up week. Gabe Davis of the Buffalo oh. against the New York Jets. I'm going with the sit here because, like I said, it's sort of a flip. Can we outlaw him from the show? Maybe we can. I don't Maybe know. Maybe just be like the demon from the exorcist, like be gone. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, it's a very flip of the coin with Davis and this Bill's office. Because I mean, it just, it seems like it's very random when he decides he wants to perform and when he doesn't want to perform sort of thing. But I think the big thing is just this Jets defense is going to present a tougher test for him. You have to remember back in week one, the Jets and the Bills played each other on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, famously, when Rodgers only played for 75 seconds in that game, and we saw Zach Wilson. Uh, but back in that high. week... <laughs> yeah. Back in that week one game, Davis' stat line, ready for this, Tad? Four targets, two receptions, 32 receiving yards. So he was not involved at all in that game. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Carry the one. Divide by three. Carry over the four. 16 yards a catch? Yep, that was 16 Hey, yards. look at that. Upset yeah. alert. How about those odds? I don't know what sort of Texas math you're doing there, but what? You whatever it was. But... You carry the four, you divide it by .75, you get 16. Oh, gosh. Thank God you're an English teacher. But um, anyways, you look at just also, Tad, not only is Gabe Davis sort of an off-and-on type of player, but 
Josh Allen. Like, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but he has definitely not been performing. He had Madden curse. Few... Matt, how has no one brought this up? It's a Madden curse. It could be. It could be the resurgence the Mad- of the Madden curse. The Madden curse. curse is back, baby. No one has brought – I've listened to so many podcasts the last three days, and everybody's been talking about what's wrong with Josh Allen. No one has brought up Madden. I think we're the first podcast to do so. So kudos to you, man. Good job bringing that up. But Josh Allen, Tad, for six straight games, he has thrown an interception, including two against the Denver Broncos this past Monday night. I mean, just I don't know what's going on with him, whether he's trying to force things in the offense, whether he's just not seeing things the way that he was uh, last season and seasons before. Maybe it's the change in offensive coordinator from Brian Dable to Ken Dorsey. Obviously, they fire Ken Dorsey. Uh, I was about to say RIP Ken Dorsey. Exactly. So I mean, we'll see what happens there, whether that's going to fix issues. But because of his struggles, too, it's hard to trust this Buffalo offense as well. So. Like I said, combine that with the fact that this Jets defense is very good on defense. They play at a very high level. I just, I'm not sure what to expect from this Buffalo offense. And because of that, maybe I still, I could still trust Devon, uh, Stephon Diggs, very similar to what you were saying, where it's like, I can trust these skill players in the offense, but I can't really trust Josh Allen. I think in this case, it's like Stephon Diggs is still a good start. That's hundred percent a guy that you want to go with, but Gabe Davis, if you have him and you're sort of in that boat of just like, is he going to have a good week? Is he going to have a bad week? This is a bad week. I just don't see it happening. You know who Gabe Davis really fucking hates right now? <laughs> who is that? Dalton Kincaid. Yep, that's another factor that I didn't bring up. Yeah, 100%. Because he's just looking at Dalton Kincaid like, come on! Yeah. That's my role! Slot receiver, kind of fast. Oh, he's bigger than me? Ah, oh, damn it, he's bigger than me. Yeah. Like, that is exactly what's happening right there. And, and I mean, in turn, we're getting a whole other conversation here. But in terms of Josh Allen... Uh, I mean, you look at and look, I think a lot of times their stats can be a little overrated and people kind of refer to them too much as the, you know, football Bible. Uh, But PFF does know what they're talking about a lot of the times. And PFF actually said this last year. I read an article last year by them where it said that uh, Josh Allen just got lucky last year. Like he had the most turnover worthy plays. It just turns out that most of them were not turnovers. I think his yeah. luck his luck has just turned. It's like in Vegas when you go up like $5,000 on craps. You're like, I'm the best craft player in the world. And then you keep playing craps. And the next thing you know, it's 2 a.m. And you're down $7,000. And you're like, oh, shit. By the way, that's never happened to me. I'm just purely speaking from my hypothetical. Sure you are. That, that amount's never happened. But that, that situation <laughs> absolutely has. <laughs> Ask, ask my father about that one. But point being is, I think that it's just it's it, exactly like why that metaphor I was kind of making was it's just it's Vegas, baby. It's like it's just like Josh Allen, and this was kind of the concern about him coming out of Wyoming is he is a very risk, uh, you know, inducing quarterback. He loves to take risks, and either it's gonna pay off or it's not. And this just happens to be one of those years. It's not Josh Allen. How about this for a take? Josh Allen is this generation's Brett Favre. A lot of people compared him when he was coming out of Wyoming. That's like, he's the gunslinger. He's definitely going to get you those wild plays because of the arm talent that he has. But it's exactly like I said, there's a lot of plays where it's just like, did he need to force the ball in there? That it causes a turnover or potential turnovers, like you're sort of alluding to with him sort of getting away with a lot of these plays last year. But just, yeah, now it's sort of going to the other side here where it's just like, yeah, now, unfortunately, plays that he got away with last year, he's not getting he's away with not this doing year. It. So. 
And unfortunately, with that you know downturn of luck, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage, especially when it comes to fantasy football. And Gabe Davis is 100%. Gabe Davis couldn't even perform well when Josh Allen was at the top of his game. When Josh yeah. Allen struggles, what reason do we have to believe that Gabe Davis is going to be okay? No. Gabe Davis is like borderline droppable in my book. Yeah, close to it. Close. To I, in it. fact, I think I actually did drop him in our LAFB league. There you go. There you go. So we already have some action on dropping Gabe Davis from your roster. So, but yeah, sit him this week. I don't think he's going to have a very good game at all against the New York Jets. So, Tad, let's get to the tight ends. We were talking about Dalton Kincaid. Um, who's your favorite start or sit here in week 11? This is a guy I wanted so badly. And someone ahead of me on the waiver wire got him last week because he was smart and he saw it was coming. Shout out, Jeremy, by the way. Uh, Trey McBride. Yeah. That that is I know he's a popular pick for like, hey, pick him up, start him, whatever. But like there there is enough evidence there. There's enough numbers to back that up. This is a justified hot pickup, hot commodity this week. So obviously Kyler Murray started last week, came back. By the way, Kyler Murray almost landed on my sit list. Interesting. Okay. Okay. He didn't, okay. You look at his stats. He only scored. 16 fantasy points, but that, I'm not going to get into all that. My whole point is be a little wary of the whole Kyler Murray hype. That's what I'll say right there. But so this was his first week back, but over the last two weeks, he's seen at least nine targets in each game. So it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That's my entire point. Trey McBride is clearly a focal point of this offense moving forward. They want to see what they got in him and what they got in him is a really good young tight end. And so you look at everything else he's done. They favor the tight end. Kyler clearly likes throwing to him, as we saw last week. And on top of everything else, the Texans, who are their opponents, so it's going to be Houston Texans versus Arizona Cardinals, which is one of those weird games, by the way. I feel like it's two crap teams. We're like, I'm not watching that. But it's going to be one of those red zone games in the witching hour where you're like, oh, my God. It's going to be like uh, Houston, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I was just like, who gives a shit? Atlanta, Minnesota, like it's going to be very surprisingly exciting for sure. Exactly. So I think that game could be really, really close. But lo and behold, who is the 30th ranked defense against tight ends? It's Houston. So I think that while he may not have an amazing week, I think that Trey McBride is good for at least seven points, which again, with a very dry position of tight ends. I mean, I'm sorry, David Njoku from sheer necessity. I'm not feeling great about that, especially with Dorian Thompson, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yep. Dorian, Dorian Robinson Thompson, Thompson. DTR. DTR. Okay. That's good. No, I'll, I'll mark that down, but it's, uh, it's, it's, he's the new, I'm in Ross St. Brown. I remember when I couldn't keep that straight. Yep. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, that DTR is my new St. Brown. Um, point being though, is I think that McBride is going to like his floor is a solid to like, okay, I wish you could have done a little better week. His ceiling is sky high. I think he could be primed for a really, really good week right now. Yeah, I like this pick. I had him as my waiver wire pickup of the week last week, which I'm pretty sure a lot of people did because he's just getting involved in the offense a lot more. Like we talked about, Zach Ertz is still on the injured reserve, so he's not going to be coming back anytime soon. And just, yeah, Kyler Murray in his first game back, he was looking his direction quite a bit, and I expect that to continue into this week as well. So 100% a good you know, sort of plug-and-play sort of player that if you're able to grab him, I think you should be able to start him as well if you have the ability to or if you have the need to for sure. So... Like we talked about that, we're going to revisit this Titans-Jaguars game because my sit this week is, once again, revolving this Jaguars offense because 
I'm saying sit Evan Ingram. Like, I mean, he's been pretty good this season, but here's a crazy stat, Tad. Evan Ingram has not scored a touchdown this entire season. Isn't that wild? That's insane. Hold on. You you keep talking. I'm going to look up. So he has not caught a single touchdown. He has not caught a single touchdown. He has not rushed for a single touchdown. He has not scored a touchdown this season. That is what I'm saying. All right. Hold on. I'm looking this up right now. I'm pulling it up. Yeah. Travis Etienne has receiving. Travis Etienne has more touchdowns than Evan Ingram does. Receiving does. touchdowns. Exactly. That's and we're already here week 11, and he has still not scored a touchdown. See, that's the thing. If it was close, if it was like tight end, running backs haven't seen the number of receiving touchdowns, that's like not that unusual. But like at this point in the season, the running back having more than the tight end, that's crazy. And it was funny because I remember having this discussion in the offseason too. Someone's going to suffer. This Jaguars offense is becoming very crowded. Someone's going to suffer. And like you were talking about, your your prediction was it's going to be Kirk. Kirk is going to be the one to suffer. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Ingram. Ingram is Ingram. the mm-hmm. Ingram is you know I had to bite the bullet here. And you know what? We should have seen this coming because those Eagles tight ends under Doug Peterson were so goddamn frustrating, and we're seeing it again. But I think the crazy thing here, Tad, is that it's not that he's not getting involved in the offense because he has he gets a fair ton share of, of targets. He gets a lot of targets every single game. I think there's only one game this season where he has not had at least six targets in a game. But it's just unfortunately he's not converting those targets and receptions that into scoring opportunities. And so you look at you know, Evan Ingram over this time, he's only been able to surpass double-digit fab. Pass, uh, double digit fancy points, excuse me, when he's caught at the ball at least six times. So he needs to get those receptions in order to really value himself as being a double digit worthy fantasy starting tight end. So it's just unfortunately he's not scoring. And then, like I said, like we've talked about, we both brought this up already in this episode. The Titans defense is surprisingly very stingy. And then, especially, it's very stingy against the tight ends because they have still yet to allow a passing touchdown to a tight end or any touchdown to a tight end. They've also allowed the second fewest targets to opposing tight ends, the third fewest receptions to opposing tight ends and the fourth fewest receiving yards to opposing tight ends. So they're absolutely locking up opposing tight ends. So especially like we talked about with Trevor Lawrence, just sort of struggling here. We like Christian Kirk to emerge. Maybe Calvin Ridley will finally have a bounce back game here. Travis Etienne has obviously been on fire up until that Niners game, but just, yeah, Evan Ingram, unfortunately, exactly like he laid out, just he's unfortunately the odd man out, and everybody else is succeeding except for him. So, yeah, this matchup against the Titans, even though it's a divisional matchup, where he can sort of throw things out the window, this Titans defense is looking really strong against tight end. So, Evan Ingram, sit him if you can. I'm going to be a dick here. <laughs> Amir, name three Titans defensive players. Aziz Alshire, mm, Jeffrey okay. Simmons. Mm, damn it. And is Laurel Murchison, Laurel Murchison still on the team? Not according to ESPN. Okay, damn. Okay. I'll give you one um, more guess. Roger McCree. Roger McCree. Mm, hold on. Let me control F. <laughs> damn it. Yes. Yeah. Damn it. How the hell do you know the Titans' backup cornerback? 
What is wrong with you? No, it's because of the draft. He was out of Auburn, right? He was. I think we were, oh, I remember talking about assignments? this guy either two years ago or it was last year. But, yeah, that's the reason I remember Roger McCreary. Aziz Alshair, he's a former Niners player, so that's why I knew that's about fair, him. He yeah. signed in the offseason. And Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, Simmons is arguably awesome. their best yeah, defensive Simmons player. Great, so yeah, that's yeah. easily so. God yeah. damn it. All right, but, I mean, just how is this team doing well? It's Jeffrey Simmons, Sierra Tart, Nico Autry, who, by the way, I did not Nico know. Nico Autry, was, yeah. How is he still playing? That dude's like 35 at this point. <laughs> Uh, Harold Landry, a yeah, will linebacker who, why mm. the hell are you playing him at linebacker? I understand that's the edge rusher, but still like, come on. Uh, Jack Gibbons, uh, Zizel Shahir. Did I do that right? Yep. You got that one, right? Okay. I had no idea this guy was still in the league. Also former 49er, I believe Arden key. Yep. At one point, former Niner, former Jaguar, a few teams he's been on. Former How Raider. in the yeah. world is he still in the league? How about <laughs> this for, I actually like this guy. Sean Murphy Bunting is their starting oh, quarterback. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he signed with them after yeah. leaving the uh, Titans. Yeah, uh, I forgot no, about that one. Well, he's with the Titans. You meant Buccaneers. That's what – yeah. Yep. That, no, I got you. I got you, buddy. <laughs> Amani Hooker. Oh. Yeah, okay. how about that? Elijah Bolden. Mm. Out of Washington, I think, right? I have no idea. And okay. then this guy I thought was going to be a lot, lot better coming out of the draft. I, I am bad at scouting corners. You need to take corners for this year's draft. All Christian right. Fulton. Oh, yeah. I think we both yeah. liked him a little bit. It just unfortunately just hasn't panned out there. And I know they had I, Kevin Byard, but I didn't mention it because he got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. So he was at one point on this team. Yeah, so. Byard was an easy pick. But yeah, how the Titans defense is good, I don't know, but they're good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They find a way to get it done. So, all right, Ted, we're talking about defenses. So why don't you give me your pick here at the defensive position, starter sit, as well as the kicker position, your starter sit here. All right. So like I said, I went negative on the Dolphins, and I'm following my own advice. Mostert's currently riding my bench, but you know who's riding my starting lineup? It's the Dolphins' defense. I like that pick. This Vegas Raiders hot streak has to end eventually. It just has to. It defies all logic. It makes no sense. Aiden O'Connell is not a good quarterback. I don't understand what's happening here. It's really annoying, and I think it ends here. Especially because, like we were talking about earlier, the Dolphins are coming off a bye week. So they are extra prepared going against a hot team, and that is usually when you see these these hot streaks end is when teams are actually prepared for it. A lot of teams were not prepared for Aiden O'Connell coming in. They Yes, okay, they had two weeks' worth of NFL film to go off of. And then what are they going to do? Go back to college and look? That's pretty much useless when it comes to NFL teams. So you look at what the uh, Raiders offense allowed the Jets defense to do last week. They still let up eight points. And yes, that's mm-hmm. only one extra point because apparently ESPN changed where the now default seven. I don't know when that happened, but, or at least in my league, that that's what happened. But okay. basically my league, you start off with seven, the Raiders, de- uh, the Raiders offense allowed the Jets defense to end at eight. All right, my defense gets me a point. Not great, not bad. But with how much height the Raiders are getting, I think that people are going to be kind of scared away from the Dolphins' defense, especially after that performance against the Chiefs, which remember, and this I hate this about fantasy. Remember, the Dolphins' defense actually gave up one less touchdown than they were penalized for when it comes to fantasy. With that like lateral move, which, by yep. the way, was mm-hmm. awesome. Nothing gets, nothing gets that play. That was great. I love that. That was like men shit. But at the same time, their defense got punished for that, despite it not being the defense. So I think this Miami defense is still better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is, I believe, back at this point. 
Yeah, especially now if the bye week, I'm pretty sure he should be 100%. Yeah, so he should be back at this point. So I think that this Miami defense is primed to pick off a very vulnerable Raiders uh, offense. I like them as a sneaky, sneaky good start. I was shocked I got them as well. In terms of kicker, I'm going to go with a sit. Amir, what do I always say? Stay away from when it comes to kickers. Kickers in too good of an offense. I'm going after your boy, Brandon Aubrey. Because okay, yeah. this Cowboys offense, I, I think you can agree to this. They have been on fire recently. I'm about to lose. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm about to lose a bet to one of my students. Where he's like, how about that CD Lamb? I'm like, he no, this is a flash in the pan. He's like, I bet he doesn't go. I, or basically, he was like, I bet he goes over 100 yards three more times. I'm like, there's no way he does that. And he didn't get the Eagles. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Because, of course, he was going to do that against the Giants. Everyone's freaking out about his Giants performance. This is Giants. Everyone knew he was going to do that. So I'm going to give my students some Skittles. But anyway, point being is this Cowboys offense is on fire. They look legit. They look really good. Yes, their schedule is soft. But guess what? Their schedule is soft moving forward as well. So I think that this hot streak is only going to continue. But here's the thing about their hot streak. Aubrey's only scored seven points the last two weeks. Because they don't kick field goals. All they're doing is kicking extra points. So when the Cowboys go to play the Panthers, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Which, by the way, extra bonus sit at receiver. Do not start Adam Thielen. Yeah, that's a good sit for sure. Yeah, the Cowboys defense is going to be tough. And I, even though they may have to pass a lot, I still just don't like that matchup either. But yeah, I, that's not a bad sit for sure. No, Aubrey, Aubrey and Thielen. Aubrey and Thielen. Two for yeah. one deal. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I'm going to go with defense first here, Tad. I got a sit for you. I'm going to say sit the Kansas City, Ch- Kansas City Chiefs defense this week. They're playing the Philadelphia That's Eagles. A token pick. I don't know. I feel like some people think they may be sneakily good, you know, especially coming off the bye week too. But remember, the Eagles are also coming off a of bye week. And if you remember, Tad, they obviously played in the Super Bowl. There's a Super Bowl rematch happening on Monday Night Football. In that game, Tad, in that Super Bowl, they had 73 total points, 757 total yards of offense combined. And also, there was only one turnover the entire game. So, I mean, this is going to be a very, you know, back and forth trading scores type of game. Like I said, both teams are coming off a of bye week as well. So, they're going to be fresh. They're going to be ready to go so i don't like either defense of this matchup i think it's gonna be a lot of scoring going both ways well and this is something important to note too as someone who is hold on let me straight my imaginary tie again as someone who was there for the super bowl last year there you, you could just tell on the field who was a difference maker for the chiefs on defense it was chris jones chris mm-hmm. jones obliterated that you know philadelphia eagles plan on offense which was basically just quite literally shove it down their throats, just run it down the middle. And Chris Jones blew it up. I, it's been well pub, uh, publicized this year. So I'm not going to act like I'm like the first one knows this. Chris Jones is not the same. Yeah. He has been struggling mightily this season. So I think that that, that is like the heart of their defense has been ripped out. And for whatever reason, whether it's age, he's upset about his contract. It doesn't really matter. Bottom line is he's not performing up to par. And until Chris Jones reached uh, reaches peak, you know, Pro Bowl performance again. This defense, I just don't think they're talented, but they're not talented enough to stop someone like the Eagles. Yeah, 
No, that makes a ton of sense. And, Tad, I swear to God, this is the last time we're going to bring up this game, but start Brandon McManus, the kicker oh, for the God Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, like we talked about, this is a divisional matchup. I like this to be a very close game between both teams. Jaguars are looking to rebound off of that three-point performance, which, of course, Brandon McManus got you a field goal in that game, but just I expect him to get more opportunities in this game against the Titans. We already talked about how good the Titans' defense is, but I bet that the Jaguars can sort of move the ball down the field and settle for a lot of field goals, which will get you a lot of points for Brandon McManus. So start Brandon McManus this week if you're able to start him or if you need a streaming option this week. So, Tad, those are our week 11 picks here as far as our starts and our sits. But, I mean, we brought this up at the beginning of the episode. You see the ticker down below. If we got to a player or we didn't get to a player, I think that's the better thing that I should be uh, pointing out there is just if we didn't get to a player that you want us to talk about as far as whether you should start him, whether you should sit him, whether you still need to make a waiver wire decision, whether you're still trying to take advantage of your trade deadline, um, hit us up on our social media handles. You got us on Twitter. You got me at side 23 You got Ted at side 94 You got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And, of course, on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. We're here to help you with all of your individual questions. It doesn't matter how specific you want to get. If you want to get very uh, broad as well, it really doesn't matter. We're here to help you win your fantasy leagues, clinch a playoff spot so you can possibly go away with a fantasy title. And on the flip side, most importantly, Ted, we want to make sure people are avoiding those fantasy punishments and not coming in last place in your respective leagues as well. I, we I skipped to death trap. If, if I lost last weekend, I would have been a lock for that punishment. But guess what? I made the right plays. And here's the thing. You want to hear something funny, Mer? I was projected. And this is why you should never listen to projections. You should listen to us instead. I was projected to lose by 20-plus points wow. last week. I won by at least 15 points. There you go. Projections don't tell you the whole picture. Projections for sure. are wrong, man. Play. Do not go <laughs> off projections. So, yeah, 100%. Make sure you're interacting with us. We're here to help you with all the types of leagues that you play in. So make sure you're interacting with us. Make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LAFB Network website as well. ton of options for you wherever you listen to your podcast. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so it's up to date with our YouTube channels as well, our videos on the channel. And make sure you're subscribing to LAFB Network, our parent network. Without them, there would be no us. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Rams and the Chargers at the professional level and the Bruins and the Trojans when it comes to the college level. So lots of great content for from them as well. Lots of great content from us. Uh, everybody who's interacting with us on social media, who's watching the videos, who's listening to the podcast, who's asking us questions, who's reading some of the articles that we wrote in the past. Not as many articles that we're doing now. We're all I'll do the podcast or order right now. But just guys, any way that you're supporting the podcast, we really can't thank you enough. And if you would like to continue to benefit from our expertise. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Reminder, use the promo code DESI. That is D as in David, E, S as in Sam, A-I. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> so that is, again, promo code D-E-S-A-I. They will match any contribution you made. Minimum of $10, maximum of $500. So be sure to check them out, and we will help you out uh, with all your picks there. We are doing such a great job with our new partners. We could not thank them enough because we care about you guys. Hey, look, you've supported us. We have exploded over the past couple of years in terms of viewership, in terms of you know market numbers. You guys have helped us, so let us help you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And by the way, a very happy early Thanksgiving because I don't know what our recording schedule is going to look like. So if we do not record for next week, 
Very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much, everyone. And uh, let's hope for a Lions win. Restore the roar. That's for you, Dad. And as always, stay safe, everyone. Thank <music> you.